What's up, Magic Gang? Time for this week's episode of Talk Magic to Me. Hey guys, welcome to episode 20. This is going to be such a special episode because it's Blair's 35th birthday episode. Yay! Woo! <laughs> we thought it would be fun to bring in some friends of hers that are cast members at Disney and talk about all things about being a cast member. Blair was also a cast member in the Disney College program, so we have Dan, Kyle, and Steve here. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Hey, wait, Sid. Before we get started, I have to tell you about Castlebound Colas, our sponsor this week. This shop features two Disney-loving sisters who create custom, one-of-a-kind Disney and even Harry Potter-inspired clothes and some embroidery items. Things like skirts, flowy shorts, dresses, tees, spirit jerseys, leggings, and even kids and some baby items. I have an adorable World Showcase skirt that they made me that I cannot wait to wear next week while we're in Epcot. Go find them on Facebook at Castlebound Colas VIP where they have some awesome pre-orders going on right now. And if you shoot them a message and tell them we sent you, you might even just get $5 off your order. Go check them out. My name is Dan. Uh, I currently am a cast member in the uh, reservation department for Disney. Did a college program way back in 2003 with uh, Kyle when I worked over at Studios and Muppet Vision 3D. So great, Dan. <laughs> but hey, guys, everybody, this is Kyle. Um, as Dan said, we were CPs, and then I was a full-time cast member as well. I first started with the Disney company as a lifeguard at Typhoon Lagoon for a whole whopping month and a half. And then I was recruited uh, to go into entertainment to where uh, I was friends with characters, uh, was in parades and shows. And then my final role at Disney, I was a VIP tour guide with Mr. Steve uh, Scoble, who's also on this today. And I am from Texas, the best state in the whole United States. Wow. Yay, so, it's all right. Very broad statement. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. My name's Steve. And uh, like Dan and Kyle, I have uh, met them down here as well as Blair. Uh, when I was doing my advanced internship mm. as a VIP tour guide and guest relations. Uh, I started off, though, as on the college program like these guys, where I worked on Main Street and operations. I went home, was a campus rep for Uni University of Colorado, and then I came back, guest relations. And under that umbrella, when I became full-time, with everything from talent relations to events, again, like, again with Kyle, VIP tours. I left the company for a little bit and just recently came back and now I work as a project manager and leadership for entertainment. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. And I do want to add quickly that this is not the opinion of the Walt Disney Company. This is just going to be the opinion of my good friends here. Um, you know, let me start you know, it off. Wait, you don't want me yeah. to introduce myself? Rude. We know, we know enough about you. Rude. It's my birthday. We've had enough of you. It's fine. We've had enough. But Moving it's your birthday. On. I'll be nice. Okay. okay. So this is for all of you, including Blair. What called you to be a Disney cast member? You know, we started going to Disney as a family when I was 10 years old, and we kind of, it kind of became a family tradition. We didn't go every single year like some families do. It was just when mom and dad saved it up for us to be able to go, and it was something we always look forward to. And then when I graduated <laughs> high school, that was the first thing we did. My senior trip was going to Disney, me and a group of friends. And I was in college, and I had no clue about the Disney College program, and I had a friend grab me and say, hey, I, I did this last year. You would be the perfect person to do this for. And she told me a little bit about it, and I was like, absolutely, and the rest from that's history. For me, um, kind of like Kyle, I uh, grew up with Disney, but I was more on the West Coast because I was from Colorado, so I ended up going to Disneyland quite a bit with my family. Uh, I knew I loved Disney, but being from Colorado, I, I never had any thoughts on actually becoming a cast member. Very similar to Kyle, I, I stumbled upon the college program. It was a semester where I was looking to go study abroad or leave the country for a little bit because I'd broken up with a girlfriend. I just needed to get out of Dodge for a little bit. 
and like as fate would have it sometimes the uh the little flyer for the college program was uh right across from one of my rooms and i saw it i said what the hell i'll take a look at it and take a, a gander and see if it's for me and after i came down here I just fell in love with the company and, and working for it and uh, i knew it's where i'd pretty much make my career you know it's funny i'm almost the complete opposite from kyle and steve and that i did not really grow up a big disney person I do remember my parents took me to Disney when I was younger with my brother. I was probably, I don't know, second grade or whatever and came in and everything. But, um, you know, I got introduced to the college program uh, through a friend of mine. He had done it a few years before. And I was living in upstate New York at the time, just kind of wanted to escape the snow and cold and decided that I'd come down and um, give this college program thing a shot. When I originally did visit Disney World, it was just Magic Kingdom and Epcot. There were two other parks, studios, and Animal Kingdom. I had never even visited once. All of a sudden, I'm walking into this this whole thing, which kind of just blew me away. And probably one of the most fun experiences I ever had working a job. Of course, I fell in love with the warm weather being from New York. I moved back down officially in 05, and kind of the rest has been history. Much like others, I, we always were just a big Disney family. I loved it. The draw of making magic was huge. I'm from a little bitty town in Indiana, and I wanted out. <laughs> I wanted out of these awesome winters that we have and disney has always called to me wanted to be a princess didn't get that because i had braces ended up on thunder mountain and it still was one of the best experiences i've ever had much like um steve i went back and i recruited for first iu and then for ivy tech community college as well and it's just stuck around and that's why now i'm a travel agent and here we are that's awesome guys what is your favorite part of being a cast member i think it's twofold for me i think First of all, it, it, Disney is like no other place on the planet. Uh, every day you get to witness these unique experiences and these unique interactions uh, between families, between guests, between cast and guests, everything from very little moments to these massive, you know, big life-changing things, proposals and weddings and um, birthdays and celebrations, first times, all these kind of things that you get to witness. So those, those things are great. But the one thing I didn't realize I was going to kind of have out of this is, is the family I got created down here. Uh, the brothers and, and the folks that I've become family with uh, because of this place. When you come down here, and, and Blair will be able to kind of talk about this too, is that you're a gypsy. Nobody's from here. Everybody's from somewhere different. It just makes it so easy to connect with people. And uh, you end up having these life-changing memories with these this group of people that is, is from all over the country and all over the world in some cases. And uh, for me, that's one of the best things about being a cast member down here, especially at Walt Disney World with so many people that you get to interact with on a daily basis. You guys created the Degenerate Disney Dads from meeting, right? Pretty much. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Kyle's kind of the centerpiece for that. He's kind of... How many are there of you in that group? Um, honorary or like the real deal? Real deal. Real, real deal. deal. Let's see, one, two, five? Am I saying that right? Is that right? And can you explain in detail, not really detail, but can you tell our listeners what the Degenerate Disney Dads are? And are, are you all former or current cast members? And are you all dads? Every single person <laughs> was, uh, is or was a cast member. Not all of us are fathers. That's a question mark. Um, but um, That we know of. <laughs> That's exactly oh, that's how like, it was told to me. To be honest, <laughs> most of them are they're like dads to my kids, so it's it's kind of cool. But the idea behind it is we were going to celebrate. I don't even remember what it was, but Daniel Sarnowski wasn't going to be there, so we're like, let's make shirts and make fun of the guy. So it kind of spawned from that, and we've always drank around the world wearing crazy hats. You know, paired eats country, and people have always threw their kids at us to take pictures with us, or and, and we're like. We've got to kind of have, we have a following 
because we've seen people repeated times. And so we created a Facebook, a Twitter, an Instagram, and then people were taking the back of our shirts now. So it, it was a neat, neat experience on how it kind of spawned up really erratically because we always did the drinking around the world, but this triple D thing was kind of spur of the moment, to be honest with you. Well, I think we've been doing the drinking around the world thing for probably 10 years now. Actually, we were going to do it. We were actually going to make fun of the tourists that wear all the same t-shirts. You're all going to get the same t-shirts. Kind of getting closer to this. We all kind of kept finding shirts that we wanted to wear instead. Like, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Part of that is is the play Fighting like a champion Irish. sign. I found a T-shirt that I thought was perfect for drink around the world, which was drink like a champion. So um, Kyle's right; it kind of just blossomed from there. We've always been kind of stuck with people that have Facebook stalked us, to front us to take pictures and tag us in the pictures, everything else, and people love us when we walk around the, the parks. Leaders that stop us and everything. We've been drinking around the world so long, we almost think we invented it. So I totally went rogue. We'll go back. Uh, I think it's Dan's turn. What was your favorite part about being a cast member? Well, your favorite part of being a cast member, your mm-hmm. current cast member. Yeah. I mean, I won't lie. I'll be very honest with you. It's one of the best things is getting a free admission to the parks almost any time that you kind of want to go. I mean, beyond that, it's it's a cool thing to be able to have the admission to kind of go in and experience things. Um, typically, we can go in and kind of do the rides early. And it's kind of good after a long day of work just to kind of um, go into Epcot, maybe grab a couple of drinks afterwards, just, you know, text school or whatever and say, hey, rough day at work so let's meet up at epcot or when you get out of work whatever the case is you know we'll we'll grab a couple drinks in the countries catch a fireworks show um so i mean that's definitely a um a benefit i know there's there's no hiding around that but i I actually have to agree with steve um i moved down here um like i said no three to do the college program came back in 2005 i only really knew kyle and he had already established a friendship base because he had already been here a month you know i'd known kyle a couple years and you know, he's one of my best friends and everything like that. And you really do create a new family, you know, through Disney. And it's, you know, we, we joke that there's nine guys that are part of this group. And it's, it's never been more evident. We've been, we've been to everyone through weddings. We've seen all their kids born and all that kind of stuff like that. So, you know, you hear people often joke that Disney's a family. And, you know, the truth the truth of that is, is that it actually is a family because Steve and Kyle are two of my best friends. Um, I don't know what I would do without them and the other guys that are part of this group. Equally, same thing. They're, they're like my brothers from other mothers. So, you know, definitely those two points stick out the most for sure. I have a very chick answer. I know it. <laughs> There's a lot of testosterone on this episode. There really is. <laughs> I have to bring it You're back. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, making the magic was always my favorite part. And seeing the, uh, as a cast member, or excuse me, as a college program cast member, I mean, gosh, I was just so young. And so seeing kids and, and really getting to make their day was always my favorite. And I've, I've told a story before on the show about going out and make those magical moments when like we got pushed out in rotation on the mountain and we just went out and stood and we just found people and we'd take them through the exit of thunder or the exit of splash and, and just seeing, you know, a family just get so excited. That was always my favorite. Yeah. I was fortunate with my time at Disney because I, I have two roles that, a lot of people kind of covet in one side of the spectrum being a character you were kind of the the person the kids ran up to and were looking forward to see and that was what the whole trip was for and I'll I'll never forget and I think I actually teared up I was I was the genie from Aladdin was my first time out on set during training and this little kid ran up to me and he hugged me and said I've been waiting to meet you my whole life oh I think oh in in the in the actual costume, I was like, oh, 
<laughs> so, and you, I mean, you see that on the commercials, but that actually happened to me. And so you have that, that aspect and, and, you know, and then I was fortunate enough to be face character side too. And you have the little girls that want to take their picture with Prince Charming mm. and, and their, their eyes get all excited and yeah, they get nervous. Girl. Just little girls. Little girls. Well, I, I have a story for later, but, um, <laughs> uh, so that was great. But then like Steve, I, I was a VIP tour guide. So you had the other broad spectrum where in part of that's guest relations. So when kids couldn't find their parents and their parents were lost, you just took them shopping and you had no streams just to get them whatever they wanted. And then we were in charge of high profile guest itineraries like the Houston Astros, Mariah Carey. Uh, I had little Richard on tour. Oh. I mean, that was great, but I'll bring it back and I'll echo the same thing Dan and Steve did is my favorite thing out of anything is meeting the core guys that we met. I talk to our, what I call our Florida guys. And we talk every day more than I did my high school, best friends, my college, best friends. I mean, that to me was probably the biggest takeaway from being a cast member. I mean, because when you're there, my family's from Texas, obviously. So Thanksgiving, I'm around these guys. Right. And, you know, and stuff like that. So that's what it was for me. I don't disagree. This actually is part of my next answer that Sydney's, the next question she's going to ask us. But um, it was hard. It was hard making those quick connections and those deep connections and then leaving. That was hard. Yeah, so you told us your favorite part about being a cast member. What was your least favorite part or is your least favorite part about being a cast member? Probably the least favorite part about being a cast member is depending on the role that you're in. And I think Blair was probably going to go there with this is that, um, you know, when you want to be off to spend time with your family for the holidays, we typically can't because it's our busiest time of the year. Um, so it's the missed Thanksgivings. It's the missed Christmases. You know, everyone, it's it's tough because you're spending the entire day working overtime, having to, to be in the parks, whatever the case is, and, you know, you kind of be away from your family. So that aspect of it's kind of tough because we're, you know, essentially a 24-hour day, 365-day-a-year operation. You know, the, the, the other side of that is that, yeah, you, you have guys like Steve and Kyle that are here that you've, you, you still spend the holiday with. It may be on a different day or whatever the case is. It may be later on that night go over to someone's house to celebrate or have a Friendsgiving or a, a friend's Christmas, whatever the case is. But that probably is by far one of the toughest parts is seven to be stuck working on those holidays when, you know, you, you wish to be up with your family, especially when you see everyone else with their families and stuff like that. My least favorite part of being a cast member currently is not being a cast member anymore. <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to echo the same thing. I, again, it was just making those, those <clears throat> fast connections. And then it was, going back home to Indiana and then not having those people anymore. I mean, I had three roommates that we spent every waking moment together. We did that. Actually, I took Thanksgiving off and when I was a cast member and made Thanksgiving dinner for everybody. And so in our little bitty apartment, we had like 30 people in there. It's one of my favorite memories of being down there, but that's my two least favorite parts, not currently being one and then not being with everybody anymore. Yeah, the, the CP withdrawal thing once you leave. It's that's real. real oh, gosh, it's, it's so real. real. Yeah, but probably probably my two least favorite things, and I might rub somebody wrong, listen to it on the second one. But the first one is if you're not doing VIP tours at, at the time, they didn't have full status guides. You were at home at your guest relations area, whether it be one of the parks. But I was status at Downtown Disney, which is now obviously Disney Springs. And my least favorite part of that was walking to go get food. And when they had Stitch above World of Disney and you weren't paying attention and you got spit on in the face because you forget he's there. I hated life. 
<laughs> the stitch spits you in the face. You just walk to joy in the air, and he spits on you. That's one. <laughs> and then two, and it's a pet peeve for me. It's cast members that don't take their job serious. Absolutely. And there's there's a there's a couple that, and it's it's two two spectrums. One when I was a cast member, and it's people that are just bitter, and it's like they feel like they've worked there too long. They stop creating magic for the guests, and you can tell and you can see it. It's like, hey guy, you might want to go find a new profession because you're obviously not in the business of making magic. And then it's, I experienced it this past Thanksgiving visiting as a guest. I had a cast member on her cell phone at Merch checking me out on Main Street. What? She said, hold on on her phone, puts it down. Her, whoever she's talking to on speaker is still on the phone. And uh, yeah, so it's people that, it's cast members that run the magic for what is intended for all the guests that visits. That is my massive pet peeve. And people who wear their uniform, their costume to Perkins after. <laughs> yes, people need to be fired. <laughs> we always used to wear shirts underneath. Is that not a thing anymore? Oh, oh look, you work at Pizza Fari. How obvious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's weird. There's a pirated ale house. Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, that's awkward. <laughs> I, I think two of the, I mean, it's a, kind of build upon some of the things that Kyle and Dan and Blair said, I, I think one of the things that's gotten harder and harder as a cast member and is the expectations that come with visiting this place anymore. I mean, people are spending more and more and more money and their expectations are so much higher than even the parks can and can <clears throat> sometimes you know offer, regardless of what it is. It's They want their kid in the front of the parade. They want their kid to be first in line for everything. They want... The princesses to uh, to know their name and spend 25 minutes to 35 minutes with them. If that doesn't happen, it's it's your fault, and it's it gets hard. It's it's hard because the expectations are so much higher than they ever have been before. But the cool thing is, is in going along with that, is that if you have good cast members, you can figure out ways to meet those expectations. And that's going on Kyle's thing. It's it's hard to find cast members sometimes that that wants to buy into what we do. Uh, when you go through traditions, you talk about buying into what we do. Some people will buy into it. Others, you know, it's just a job. And if it's just a job, it will wear on you very, very quickly. And and it's hard to do if you think of it as just another job. But the ones that go into it and, and buy into what we do and how we do it and the stories that we tell, they're the ones that last. The opposite side of it is that the folks who come in that are so pixie dusted out, you know the magic will be ruined for them as soon as they kind of come into the parks when they first get that angry guest or when they see something they shouldn't see behind the scenes. And it is, yep. it's it's difficult for them to grasp that this isn't always magical. It is, it is tough sometimes. And what we have to deal with on the mental side of things, on the, you know, our own welfare, it, it's, it's hard sometimes. It does take a lot out of you when you see people who don't care as much as you do. So yeah, that is long, long answer, but yeah. Well, I, I'll echo that as well as a travel agent now. People expect a lot out of us, Sydney. Don't you agree? They'll expect all of that magic up front. And if it's not and something, you know, little is off, then their whole trip is ruined and that comes back on us. Do you agree? Oh, my God. Oh, so much. So much. And I, honestly, I feel a responsibility to make their trip perfect. And yeah. if something works where it's not, I'm like, I blame it on myself when I really can't. Yeah. And even as a former cast member now, when someone when something isn't as magical, I, I beat myself up about that a lot. The expectations can sometimes be almost oh, too much. Absolutely. That's what makes it difficult sometimes. I will 
I, from my side of view, even from a pre-arrival, I, I, I absolutely can understand that. And, and I think it's gotten to the point where because of stuff, social media, hmm. people know that if you complain, yeah. you essentially <laughs> yeah. get what it is that you're looking for. But also on the, the good side of things, they see somebody have a magical moment on social media where they got backdoored into Big Thunder Mountain. They, they got a unique experience with one of the characters. Um, they won something. And they also expect that to happen every time for right. them as well. So it's, it is a challenge with social media to kind of take care of that magic and preserve it and also exceed expectations at the same time. I got you guys. Has being a cast member broken or strengthened the magic for you? This is an important one, I feel. For me, it's just strengthened it. I mean, I told you my least favorite thing about being a cast member is that I'm not anymore. I would go back tomorrow. No, if anything, it just makes it a little more magical, especially when I can either help a friend or a family member or a client have the most magical trip ever because I have that knowledge. Yeah, I think after as a cast member, if you go through traditions and it doesn't strengthen it for you, at least in my opinion, then you're you're probably mm -hmm. not meant to work there. Yeah, and I, and I think different things. And <clears throat> Steve can probably echo this: is just being able to be in guest relations at a time, in the, seeing the different things you could do for these guests when they were having bad moments, just to make their trip brighter. It, it, it strengthened it for me. I had, a, I had a family that went to Disney every year that came into Disney Springs slash downtown Disney, whatever you want to call it. I'll probably call it downtown Disney till I die. And they were upset because the hurricane hit kind of close to Destin and they chose to go to Destin this particular year mm -hmm. and the hurricane pushed them down. And uh, they're like, hey, well, you know, we usually come here every year, but now we're going to go to Universal one day and we're just looking for works from water park tickets. And I was like, why, why didn't you guys go to Disney this year? And they, they spoke about the hurricane. I said, okay. And while dad was trying to get his Disney rewards on his Disney visa, I went ahead and comped them their tickets to get in Typhoon Lagoon. And I comped them a one day park hopper. Lo and behold, I didn't do the following part, but they were the grand marshal for the parade at a uh, magic kingdom. And they started the uh, wave pool at Typhoon randomly both days. They had nothing to do with that. It just, it happened. And uh, that she actually wrote and I was published in main street diary for it. I mean, she said I was from Louisiana, which I don't know how she messes that up. But other than that, <laughs> It, it was stuff like that that just strengthened being a cast member. So made me cry. <laughs> For me, um, it definitely strengthened it. And and to echo Kyle's uh, kind of thing, we we get to see the magic come to life. And it, it sounds cheesy when you say it like that, but you watch guests from around the world, and it happens in different times. Sometimes it happens in in small doses and little moments here and there. Other times, you know, you watch how you legitimately change somebody's life for the better. And it's, there's not many jobs or places to work that you can do that. Um, in, you know, from the VIP tour side of things, you watch a family all day and you get to see those moments happen, you know, whether it's a kid riding a roller coaster for the very first time, never happened, and they wanted to ride next to you. Or whether it's somebody who's, you know, waited their entire life and it's grandma and she's 90 some odd years old and she finally gets to meet Mickey. And, you know, those moments that you get to watch and get to be a part of is, is incredible. But at the same time, being around the park so much, you get to learn so much more about the parks and about the people who made that park possible. The details that go into each attraction and each storyline are just incredible. I've told people many times that I've ridden Haunted Mansion hundreds and hundreds of times, and I still learn new things about the Haunted Mansion. And that doesn't happen anywhere else. The details and are just so incredible. So 
this job has definitely not only strengthened it, but it's, you know, I, I've gotten to watch my, my dad fall in love with this place, you know, when he comes down. I've gotten to watch my nephews now fall in love with this place. And, yeah, it strengthens it like like you wouldn't believe if you really buy into what we do here. I agree. I'll make it four for four. I, it, <laughs> it definitely strengthens it. Um, I'm at a disadvantage just because I don't work in the park, so I don't get that firsthand knowledge like Steve and um, Kyler. I saw it from my vantage point when I worked my college program, but I kind of enjoy seeing it from friends and family that come down and I get to hang out with for the first time. Um, I won't forget a uh, couple of years back, my cousins came in for Easter, and uh, we went to Ma- they limited time. They were just here a couple of days, so I took them to the parks, and we went to Magic Kingdom one of the days, and just seeing my cousin just in awe of something as simple as watching the custodial crew clean up the confetti after a parade. It was the um, the pre-parade for the Easter when they have all the dancing bells and like the hoop dresses and all that kind of stuff. And just seeing that that part of the magic, just that's a little bit of nostalgia because you see it in the commercials all the time, but it's another thing when you actually see it in person. So it's kind of a, a cool thing to witness for sure. Okay, so I want to hear something like personal about you guys working there, like a favorite guest story or a least favorite guest story. It could be anything you want to answer with this. Uh, I know for you guys, this might be a little hard to try and keep it clean. <laughs> We're a family-friendly podcast, and we haven't hit the button yet. So. Oh, my God. I have so many stories, but what can I tell here that I'm not going to get in trouble for? Because this is obviously a family podcast and not make a family podcast. So, <laughs> like, there was this one time at Bandcamp. I mean, um <laughs> I was uh, at 1900 Park Fair as a as a character performer, so I was Prince Charming that evening with my lovely bride Cinderella, and uh, you know we're, you're doing your normal meet and greet at the tables, and we walk around separate, and you know Susie and Perla do the same thing. Uh, they they've since changed it, and the characters that are involved, but we don't walk around together because it would take hours upon hours because they'd want a picture with Cindy and then Prince Charming and then together and whatever so i came and bought this one table it was a single mother and uh, her two daughters they're probably 10 and 8 years old i'm guessing and uh sat and talked with them for a little bit took the pictures with the girls they were sweet signed their book and i moved on well later that night the restaurant was emptying so you just kind of make your final rounds well they were still there and i, I just briskly said hello how are you guys hope dinner was great and uh she goes where's your wife I said, she'll, she'll be down here in a little bit. You, know, you guys haven't got to meet her yet? She goes, no, no, we met her. I'm just making sure. This was the mother. And I said, oh, great. She goes, mom wants a picture with Prince Charming. Is that okay? And I'm like, no, absolutely. So she hands the camera to her 10-year-old daughter. And uh, we're always taught to give my arm to any female or male. And because the, my hand is always reserved for the smallest Cinderella's back, they only get my arm. So they hook in around my elbow. Well, she ignores that. And she reaches around my back and she gooses me from behind. <laughs> and I kind of perk up. And the little girl can't work the disposable camera. It, she's 10. She doesn't know how to rewind. And mom's trying to tell her, well, while she's doing this, her hand goes into my pocket <laughs> on my right side. Oh my and I go, I go into panic mode. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I, I, and I'm sweating. I'm turning red. So all of a sudden she stops, which I was like, praise Jesus. And, and then she pulls out of my pocket and we take the picture. Finally, I briskly walk off. Like you guys have a magical evening. 
Well, I go straight to the break room because I don't know what the heck just happened. And I'm sitting down and I'm telling everybody in the back. And I'm like, and then she reached in my pocket and I was showing them. And I was like, well, she left something in my pocket. <laughs> so it was a piece of paper and I opened it up and it was her room number <laughs> at the Grand Floridian. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you go? No. Oh. I did not. I promise. Cindy was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife, we almost got a divorce. We've been married since 1950. <laughs> <laughs> haywire after that. <laughs> if you would have went to her room, would you have went in costume or not in costume? <laughs> no, because they, they brought me back with like a van back to MK. So costume, so I couldn't smuggle that in. But in <laughs> some way, I'd have showed up bells and whistles. But yeah, that was one of many. They get better. Oh yes, there's, there's. I was trying to to figure out which stories I could tell to you. So I'll tell a really good one and a, and a funny one. So the good one is I was lucky enough to be the the uh, one of the cast members that helped open up the Cinderella Castle Suite, and I, I was that. actually there to help out and take care of the very first family that won it. It was the Fouch family. They're from Michigan. It was mom, dad. A uh, boy who was 16 and a little girl who was around probably six at the time. And um, when when they won that, if you weren't familiar with the year, year of a million dreams when the uh, castle suite opened, it was legitimately prizes that were given away at random throughout the Disney parks and at, Dis at again, downtown Disney at the time, Disney Springs now. Um, you had to be in the right place at the right time, and you can win everything from a fast pass to a trip to every Disney theme park around the world. And one of the things they gave away each day was the Castle Suite. It was won by the Fouch family on Star Tours. Uh, they were in car number five, row number two, seat number four. I'll never forget it. And it was the boy who won it. And when I'm telling you the Castle Suite was one of those things that for being completely random, it found the right people. It was really, really incredible how it found the right families to be up in the suite and win that thing. But the Fouch family was was fantastic, and uh, the little girl was was hamming it up. And she was one of those little girls that you you just the fact that they were the first family and they were getting this VIP treatment all night. They were going to go to a VIP party with a lot of celebrities. They were going to be part of the parade. They were going to be part of the show. The little girl got to wear. A two hundred fifty thousand dollar Harry Winston tiara on stage, wow. like crazy, crazy things. Um, but one of the things that they got to do was they were being taken to the castle suite by the Cinderella coach. And I'll never forget the little girl was on the phone with Grandma, telling what happened mm -hmm. that day and that they won. And and all of a sudden the coach comes around the corner and, and pulls up to where they are. And I remember the little girl looking at us, looking at the coach, and then saying, "Grandma, I gotta go. My coach is here." <laughs> and just slamming the phone down and just hopping right on board like she was a princess and it was the the coolest and the funniest thing you know and and it was one of the most unique moments that i got to be a part of because they were going to be celebrities that evening and then you know i get to take care of them for the next 24 hours so that was that was awesome and then the funniest one um it was september and it was just one of those ridiculously hot and humid days and um, we were sitting at the city hall counter, and all of a sudden, the smell came through. I mean, this smell was just rancid. It was awful. And we were all trying to figure out what was going on. We thought maybe something had happened in the park. We thought maybe, you know, like we were just trying to figure out wherever it came from. And all of a sudden, this lady put this little girl on top of the, the counter, and right there, you exactly s smelled where the smell was coming from. This oh. little girl was smelled awful, and she started yelling up a storm saying, I can't believe Disney, I can't believe this place. And we're like, what's going on, ma'am, what's going on? She's like, I cannot believe you don't train your horses not to pee on little girls. And we're like, wait, what? 
Well, her daughter just happened to be the right height for one of our to stand underneath one of our draft horses, which incredibly stupid to start off with. But she thought it would be a cool picture. So she put her daughter underneath the draft horse. And lo and behold, the horse just let go of everything. And this little girl was drenched in horse piss. And she was not mad that it happened. She was mad that we don't train our horses not to pee on little girls. And my God, I will, I will never forget that smell. And I will never forget that little girl's face of just being drenched in horse urine. Like it was just disgusting. Oh my God. I have two things to add. One, you should have just put that little girl on Splash Mountain and everything would have been fine. Oh my God. <laughs> no, then she would have smelled like horse piss and bromine. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I have a very, very dear friend that lives on Staten Island. I'm in her wedding party. She won the Year of a Million Dreams, and she stayed in Cinderella's Castle Suite. Maybe I took care of her. But I, the one thing she really remembers is that the fairy godmother, whoever she, they were like, oh, like, what do you guys want? Like, anything you want, like, we'll get it. And they were like, oh, we just want some ice cream. And apparently they brought up, like, a ice cream buffet for them. Like, took up, like, the whole suite. Like, fun. So cool. So jealous of her. I have no idea how I'm supposed to follow up that story. Right, I don't have anything that even compares yeah. to either one of these two. I don't. I have like four more written down that oh, I can do it. Come on. I just won't answer and you two can't. <laughs> no, let Krigo go. There's um, probably the most memorable actually comes from a guest complaint. It was a letter that uh, came across um, our desk that kind of got circulated a little while back, but it was a guest that came down. If I remember correctly, I believe we stayed at Beach Club Resorts. Um, he wrote a letter with a whole host of complaints of his Disney experience. You know, it's kind of one of those start off, had a great time, but just wanted to bring to your attention a, a few things that we think Disney can better improve itself on. And in no particular order, one of the complaints was that when he turned on the TV in his room, mind you, he's staying at the Disney Resort is that the channel automatically populated to a Disney advertisement for the parks and rides and attractions. And he said that he was disappointed that there were no no previews or attractions for Universal Studios <laughs> he was going to go there for a long day. So that was, uh, that was gripe number one. Uh, gripe number two that he mentioned is, is that he had stopped and asked a cast member for directions to someplace. I forget what exactly that it was. Uh, but he must have gotten a hold of the cast member that was working the advanced sales for the Disney Vacation Clubs. Because then the guy started chatting up about Disney Vacation Club and felt it was inappropriate that somebody had started talking to him about Disney Vacation Club. And it's like, well, you are staying at a Disney Vacation Club resort. They are they are going to tend to do that to you. Third complaint uh, was that he went into Epcot, stopped in the Rosen Crown in particular, and grabbed a couple of beers. And decided soon after ordering the beers that it was too cold to stay in the park for the fireworks. So... Uh, they wanted to walk back to their hotel and were in shock that Disney would not let them leave the park with their alcoholic beverages. <laughs> I guess wherever he lives from, he's used to that in his normal bar scene. But probably the, the best complaint was his last one. He saved for last. And Kyle and Steve will probably know this. And Blair, since you worked here, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this before, but there's the occasional pilot that likes to write Jesus loves you in the sky. Um, yeah, I do remember that. You see from the parks. <laughs> well, he complained. He complained that he has no idea why Disney would let uh, somebody write Jesus loves you above the sky. So I thought that that's the, the best best example of um, Big Disney's sky. all reaching powers that they control all the airspace as well outside the bubble. So I thought that was that probably sticks out as one of the one of, one of the best. But on a side note, when I finished my college program and I went back to New York, uh, <laughs> no, you I went this? to work for a um, a security company, family-owned security company like an ADT. That, 
And part of their training was to send the customer service reps out in the field, watch how the technicians do their thing for a couple of weeks. I think I was out three weeks and I randomly walked into this complete stranger's house and I've never met these people in my entire life. And I'm, you know, we're kind of going through things. And I spot a picture of their most recent Disney trip. I had to do a double take and she's like, oh, are you a Disney fan? And I'm like, well, I used to work there, which is always kind of gets an eye roll when you're, um, or catches someone's eye when you're, when you're in New York, because you know, you don't meet many people that say they work at Disney World, but it just so happened that the picture that I was looking at was a picture of Kyle <laughs> as his friends with Prince Charming in their family photo. So <laughs> That's that awesome. Kind of cool guest experience. I'm like, I, I kind of know this person. It's like, well, it's Prince Charming. I'm like, yeah, I, I got I it. know that Prince Charming specifically. So he, he called me. He's like, hey, too. he's like, hey, dude, you're on these people's mantle. I was like, huh? <laughs> 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 and then he broke down the story, which is pretty freaking <laughs> random. They, I, I had a uh, young lady we hired a month and a half ago, and they go to Disney every year. And I was one of the characters in one of her family photos too. It was kind of so awesome. It's, it's kind of neat. But one of the <laughs> other stories I was thinking of, and everything always happens in 1900 Park Fair. I don't know why, but it does. And so it was this large group of family, and I walked around, and it was slow that night. So I'd visit with them a couple times. They were a riot. They were great. But the father was a jerk because the little girl was like enamored with Prince Charming. And I probably took pictures with this little girl 15 times. And I would say she was probably six, seven years old. And the dad kept telling her is sweetheart. It's just a man in a costume. There's no such thing as Prince Charming. Running the whole magic. And he would do it every single time we'd come around. And so finally, I probably could have got fired for this, but I didn't care. We took a group picture and I was standing next to the dad. He had just finished telling her, and she's like, no, daddy, he, this is the real Prince Charming. Yeah, you know, the whole, she's, she's gun ho. And I, I looked at him, and I said, hey, man, why don't you quit being a jerk and Aww. let your child have a, uh, daughter have a childhood? And he didn't like that. <laughs> so, and I smiled for the picture the whole time I was saying it. So he goes, oh, and I can't remember her name for some reason right now. It left me. But he said, sweetheart, we're going to go to Magic Kingdom after this. And he says, Prince Charming, aren't you in uh, Spectrum Magic? I said, yes, sir, I am. Me and Cinderella are. He goes, see, sweetheart, you'll see. It's two different men. And I said, I said, where are you guys going to be sitting at? And he <laughs> said, uh, oh, we'll be by Liberty Tavern. I said, okay. And, and I, I hugged the little girl. We left. Normally... It would be a different gentleman, but I picked up overtime, <laughs> and I was actually the Prince Charming for Spectral Magic that night. That's and I amazing. Was like, All right, jerk. <laughs> and uh, so everybody on parade route knew where this family was. I walked up and down everybody. <laughs> and so they all went up to her. When I turned that corner off the glass wall carriage, that man's face just turned white, and she's like jumping up and down. It's like, Daddy, 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 see, I told you. And he just looked. And I was like, I, just, hey, I, know was that. I just had the biggest, you know, it eating grin on my face. And I was just waving. And he just, just looked at me like, all right. You That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. So ha- have you guys ever heard of the Disney tattoo guy? Yes. No. The one that has this covered in head to toe. Yeah, yeah, his, name, his name is George. He has over 2,500 tattoos of Disney characters uh, on his body. And he's very proud of them. He's a larger gentleman who only wears generally a tank top and shorts yes, to the I, park. I do know. Yes. Um, I happened to be in the castle suite one day, and the guy who used to be the Grand Marshal Coordinator, his name is Dean. And Dean is one of the nicest human beings on the face of the planet. And when Dean asks you to do anything for him, a favor, you say yes, because 
you can create magic through Dean at any given time, and it's really good magic. So um, Dean asked if I would uh, take a friend of his up in the castle suite, show him around real quick, and I said, absolutely. This happened to be George, the tattoo guy. So uh, George came up, him and I, just, just him and I, and showed him around the suite, maybe 15, 20 minutes, and that was it. Before he left, he said, hey, can I take a picture of you? Which being a cast member is not the, the oddest request you ever get. So I said, yeah, and we were in the suite. He took the picture, took him down, that was it. A few weeks later, Dean comes up to me and says, Steve, I, uh, I saw you yesterday. And I was like, oh, really? Where, where? I thought it was in a grocery store or something like that. He's like, I saw you. I saw you were on a guy the other day. And I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. And he's like, no, no, no. I saw George. He said he got a, ta a new tattoo, and you're the tattoo. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, you're a tattoo on George now. So I'm what? like, okay, I got to see this. I got to see this. I'm like, Dean, you got to let me know if you can send a picture or something like that. Like, I got to know this. So a couple weeks later, <clears throat> we're at... Pleasure Island, mind you. Wow. And I am with a friend. Uh, her name is Callie. And <clears throat> it was one of those things where it couldn't have been perfect, more perfect timing. Uh, she was asking me, she's like, what's the weirdest thing that's happened to you? 30 seconds later, George walks in the place. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a tattooed on that dude. <laughs> she's like, shut the hell up. Then I'm like, I'm a tattoo on that dude. She's like, are you serious? And she immediately, because she's a little inebriated at this point, runs up to George. And she said, I, I need to see my friend on you. And he's kind of like shocked. And I'm like, George. And he's like, oh, my God. Hey, I haven't seen you since. You know. And so lo and behold, he shows me that I'm a picture. I myself is on George as a tattoo. Not a very good one, but I'm on George. And it is forever my ring uh, picture uh, when I call Callie at photo the tattoo. I want to see uh, this on picture. George. I, I have it. I will send it to you guys afterwards. Please, yes. Yeah, we need that. Yeah, I do need it. I'm a tattoo on the tattoo guy. That is amazing. I'm a tattoo on a gentleman, which is creepy and awesome all the same time. <laughs> I've done a lot more to different <laughs> men for a while. A lot less. <laughs> so I don't know how you manage that. <laughs> I love that story. Like, yeah, I skill. Yeah, I've done a lot more for a lot less. I I've, cannot get any man to get anything even remotely resembling me tattooed on them. So Stop God it. bless you. <laughs> Steve's a special guy. <laughs> well, what can I say? Blair, did you even get to your story? No, I don't really. I mean, no. I Yeah, I don't know that I I'm telling you, I truly think most of my guest stories come from Steve. I, I saw John Stamos once. That's my story. We were, cool. uh, my friend Emily awesome. and I. In fact, I think it actually might be when I met Steve. Did you ever work with John Stamos? Uh, no, because he's our buddy Aaron's tour. Uh -huh. um, I, I've, I've worked with John before because he's friends with some of my tours but as far as actually with him personally no we were backstage it was a parade one day and emily and i were backstage and all of a sudden we look up and there's john stamos and he'd like had a whole conversation with us uh i have a story oh, he's a big disney nerd yeah he was great he was very very nice i have a story about when i kicked a guest out once on christmas too uh those are my stories i got nothing i think i've told my other good ones in others other episodes so i don't have anything oh, is there that you guys are most looking forward to that's being added to the park um for me I, i'm i'm an epcot fan and i'm excited that it's finally getting some love i know there's some things that are going to be paused and i don't necessarily think they're going to be taken away i just think they're going to be paused for a little bit but i i am excited to see where epcot is is going and and adding some of the things that they're adding i'm always a big proponent on on plussing parks you know if if you can make something better regardless of what it is i'm all for it but yeah epcot is where i'm really excited to see the uh, the future of what we're going to do guardians of the galaxy i'm looking forward to that tron my answer is tron i'm, I'm really excited for that 
I think Magic Kingdom and that whole area could use a, a little bit of love. Yeah, I'm excited about not wearing a mask. That too. That was brutal. Mm. Um, but no, I, I agree with you, Blair. I, I, I think Tron was the, the most thing I was excited for was Rise of Resistance, and I got to ride that recently. It's I haven't gotten to do it yet. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's not bad. It's ridiculous what they did with that. But something that's not there now would be, and as much as I love Marvel and Guardians is going to be fantastic, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Magic Kingdom needed something for the older crowd, I, th- I yeah, believe. Yeah, I agree. And that's my favorite park, and I'm, I'm excited about Tron. My only worry is that Tomorrowland's crazy to begin with anyways, and I hope they help with the efficiency of moving people around in that area. That is going to be hectic with space and uh, Tron right there. That's true. In the mornings especially. Yeah, I'm beyond excited for what they're doing with Epcot. I can't wait to see the Ratatouille ride. It's the same tech as Rise of the Resistance, and that tech is just out of control, what they're doing. And I'm super excited for Space 220 also, the new restaurant. Yeah, I'm a geek out in the Star Wars Hotel. (laughs) I forgot about that. That's true. Uh, That's probably actually the most thing I'm looking forward to is the Star Wars Resort. Yeah, the fact that it's going to be like a cruise ship, like with an itinerary that like can't leave. All immersive experience. Yeah. We're all going to go in on a pack together. Oh, that would be fun. We're, we'll, we'll jump in with you guys. Yeah, I'm in. Do we have any magic mail this week? You know, thank you for asking. We do. Jocelyn asked us this week, what do you think the most underrated attraction in Walt Disney World is? I'll let the boys go first. Okay. Oh, that's a tough one. Isn't it? Here you go. You go first. I got to think for a second. People mover. Oh, I don't know. That's not very underrated. Lots of people love it. Dana, who's on this, that's her favorite. It's an adult favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Like the older we get, the more we're like, I cannot wait to sit. It's like air conditioning. True. I think uh, I'll be honest with you. I think dinosaur is one of those you know un- underutilized attractions. I think dinosaur, if you if you watch it and look at it, is is a beautifully done attraction. And there's a lot. Of, there's a really cool story. I know that's uh, Primeval World, which is a awful attraction and broke my ribs at one point as a tour guide. <laughs> um, just the storyline between the two and and. And that whole area back there, I think, is an awesome. I think Dino Land in general is is kind of a underappreciated area, but uh, specifically Dinosaur. Go, Krigo. I'm still taking. He did already. I think Mission Space is. Mission Space Ooh. is exactly rated as a No, I it is not. I, I don't. That is the most great ride in Walt Disney World. <clears throat> I, I rode that with an astronaut when I was a tour guide when they did cast preview and yep. after we got done before they've toned it down because they've toned right. it down they have closest thing you could get to actually going i loved yep. although i have to say not anymore because now that uh gary sinise is not in the preview anymore the right <laughs> i happened to ride mission space with said gentleman you did and it was very awkward being in the because one of the things that they have to do is is you have to be in you have to go through the whole the whole thing, the whole safety spiel. And so you put them in, but you have to go through that, even with a high-profile guest. And you see him come on, and then you see the people in the room kind of look to the right and look back up to the screen and look to the right. <laughs> and okay. he's like, don't worry, I've done this before. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, okay, I'll give it to you. I think, as attraction-wise, I think Monster Blackboard <laughs> is extremely underrated. I was not, no, you stole my answer. That is so funny. There's Dude. never a wait for it. You're in good AC, and they crack me up. And it's a different okay. show with different guests with, like, that guy. That guy. Have you been oh, that guy? Sully every single time. Have you been that guy? Every time I've been Sully. And then it's hard to kind of say underrated anymore because the lines are never yeah. short, except you're going to Journey in Imagination, which is terrible. <laughs> um, but I, I still think Pirates is underrated. It, I mean, it's obviously the – and that's my favorite ride in the whole park – it's the last attraction Walt worked on while he was alive. And I just don't think the whole sentimental value and how they did everything with the jet propulsions and stuff. I, I, 
I, I just think it's not as taken in to people because a lot of people are looking for a thrill these days versus like your small world, which debuted at the World's Fair and stuff like that. I, I still think Pirates is a little underrated. I'll give you another one. Living with the land. What wow. they do in that attraction, like the actual living with the land portion of it, like is, is insane. It is incredibly cool what they do and how much food they actually provide to the restaurants in the park. Like it is such a beautifully done attraction and it, it, it does some really <laughs> unique things. And most everybody uses it as a lounge ride. <laughs> yeah. I love the three caballeros too. I like the music and I like the fireworks at the end. Man. It took away the, the worst attraction, but the best music. Yeah, that's, you could have a margarita on there too. That's impressive. Man, I, I sneak them into my shirt. Why? When you can just. They told me to throw them out. I'm like, uh uh-uh. yeah, You can't. They're not supposed to ride with them anymore, which is. And I just put it right in my. You would. I do. And then you I would. just put the straw up and I. That's right. I've never eaten in there. Really? <clears throat> no, I've never eaten in Mexico. I'm a creature of habit. Uh. My other one is always Carousel of Progress. I think it's so underrated. I made Steve go on that with me the last time I saw him, or one of the last times. Um, well, thank you very much, Jocelyn, for that magic mail question. If you would like to send us a magic mail question, be sure to send it in to talkmagictomemvp at gmail.com. Thank you, Kyle, Dan, and Steve, for joining us tonight. It's been a blast. You can come back whenever you'd like. Oh, thanks for having us. Thank you. It was fun. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. See you guys next time.